You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. The Sportsman's Nation is a 2% for conservation certified business. And on August 21st, you can join other conservationists all over the world in supporting Community Conservation Day. It's a day for anyone to give their time and or dollars back to their local ecosystems and favorite conservation causes. For more information on how you can participate, visit fishandwildlife.org. Heading deep into the backcountry requires a select list of purposeful items. Items that serve a profound reason for being there. When ounces add up to pounds, fluff and fillers are a no-go. Wild Spice Company brought the same mentality to their backcountry seasoning. A small selected list of the finest ingredients go into a sealed pouch that can be tossed in the pack. The Telecherry peppercorns really add a delightful punch to a trophy cut of meat or even a dry-freezed meal in the pouch. Visit wildspice.com or find the link in the show notes. Choose from any one of their great blends and use the code HUNTIVORE at checkout to save 15% on your order. Welcome to the Hunt of Ore podcast, powered by Sportsman's Nation, where we celebrate the hunting and fishing lifestyle through the utilization and consumption of our wild game. No egos. Fork in hand, beer in the other. No status. A piece of red meat on a hot grill and turn it into a burnt offering. Just catch it, cut it, cook it. This is episode 71, Spring Turkey Talk with Jared and James of Boga Hunting. Nick is joined by fellow native Michiganders, Jared and James of Boga Hunting Podcast. These two are longtime hunting partners that enjoy the company as much as the pursuit. Together, they have some amazing stories about public land turkey hunting, spring bear hunting out east, and of course, whitetails here in the Midwest. We touch on our archery setups, enjoying the sport of archery, and what it means to be arrow rich. Of course, we end up in the kitchen where the Boca guys shine with some great ideas for your spring turkey. All this on the next episode of Huntable. Well, hey, folks. Beautiful evening here in Michigan. Uh, old Man Winter decided to give us an uppercut and give us some snow here in April. Just a dusting. But as I'm looking outside today, it is getting real sunny again and getting warm. And it's probably making those turkeys really want to move around. And I'm joined tonight with probably a couple gentlemen that have been hot on the trail. In fact, actually one of them is off the trail now. He is one and done tonight. I am sitting here with James and Jared of the Boga Hunting Podcast. Gentlemen, 
thank you so much for taking this beautiful evening to to join me for a chat. You know, it's good to be here. And Jared, I want to see what you think, but that was a great introduction, Nick. I mean, yeah. like you, uh, old man winner. I mean, uppercut, like that was poetry right there. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I don't know how many people that I actually talk to face to face when they're like, man, Nick, just get to the point. Quit, quit fluffing it up. <laughs> but that's what I do is I fluff up. Content. I love it. <laughs> no, it was a nice, deep, rich voice too. And was like, ladies and gentlemen oh, it's like you were made for it man yeah you're now hey it. you're you're hired to do our intro if you want that's right you Beautiful. Can, we always forget i i feel like we always uh <laughs> argue about who has to do it yeah i never it's do it turn. no well i tell you hey if you need a hype man i'm i'm ready to go i charge by Excellent. the episode though <laughs> that's fine yeah, everyone does <laughs> So getting on this, there's a congratulations that goes out to you, Jared. You uh, you smacked a gobbler this past I week. Did. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it was um, that was a sweet hunt. Very, very interesting hunt. Um, you want me to get into the story right now? I want you to break right into it. All right, let's do this. Yeah, so James and I uh, drew our tag for the first season here in Michigan. And we primarily hunt up. Um, in like Macosta County area, public land. We don't know enough people to go on private, so we go to public land. Friends. Yeah, not enough friends, and it's, no one really likes us anyway. But yeah. we don't we don't hate it. We like we like going out on adventures, new places, trying new things. So we once again did that. Uh, we've been doing this area for we've been hunting this area for probably about four years now, so we're pretty familiar with it. And one of the spots that I really like to go to is kind of a ridge overlooking a swamp um there's private land budding up against that with the field in there so it just it just holds turkeys every year and we're able to just you know we can put them to bed on the roost at night we know exactly where they are i've got a tree that i'll go to that's almost foolproof i've i've shot two turkeys out of there missed one it's it's bulletproof so uh we camped out there I went to that tree on the first morning and probably within 40 minutes of me being there, there was a Tom, I don't know, 25 yards off behind me, just barking at me. I had, yeah, that, I had was the, like that a, was the old Tom, right? That was the old one. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing he was a, a dominant three-year-old just the way he was acting. Um, Cause I had done a fly down cackle and I'm guessing he had quick scurried over to check to see if he could round that hen back up with his other hens because he ran in, checked the decoys, and then just ran right off. But he wasn't spooked at all. So he, he was actually henned up probably 60 yards behind me after a little while. So I'm kind of like creeping around behind the tree. I'm going to get ready for a shot. Maybe I can, you know, maybe I can pull off that miracle 50-yard bow kill on a turkey. But <laughs> lo and behold, off to my side, a group of jakes come in and cut my probably within five yards and kind of just circle around my tree and then start messing around with my decoys for a little bit so I'm pinned can't move can't do anything and they kind of get a little bit spooked because I was at that point moving a little bit and so they are they're letting out some putts just kind of getting a little jittery so they kind of just took off a little bit more so I was like crap that was my only opportunity this morning. So I kind of sat back down, kind of re rethought my plan. I let off a little another call, like a couple of yelps. 
and lo and behold, another turkey answered in a different direction. So I was like, all right, sweet. I've got my camera ready to go. I'm gonna hit record. And I look at the camera and the batteries are completely dead. Even though they were charged up the day before, uh, somehow the cold just zaps them. So if you ever try recording your hunts, make sure you've got backup batteries and they're staying warm. I tell um, you, I, I can only handle one thing at a time. I'm a one task specialist. Like when you throw tough. in videoing and trying to hunt, like I feel like I'm still having a hard enough time hunting, but now to take down that challenge of being able to video, it takes a, it takes a special kind of mind to be able to do that. It is. You got to, you got to multitask. And this was my first time actually trying to film a hunt. So I'm sitting here, you know, fidgeting around, locking it in place, trying to zoom in and whatnot. But good thing the batteries died because I wouldn't have time to. Then you wouldn't have to worry about it now. (laughs) I'm like, all right, sweet. Now I can just hunt. So this Tom um, pretty much just gobbled his way right up to the decoys. There's, there's two trees kind of right in front of me. So he stepped right behind him. I was able to draw back and I shot him at probably 17 yards or something, somewhere around there. And he died shortly thereafter and went and got him, got back to the tree. And I hear another gobble, right? <laughs> so I'm like, this is crazy. So I pick up my phone. I call James. I'm like, hey, dude, where are you at? He's like, oh, I'm, I'm sitting over here, but I, I don't hear anything. What's going on with you? I'm like, I just shot one, but I've got another gobble. So you need to get your butt over here real quick. <laughs> and he, he's, he's probably like two miles away. So he gets oh all goodness. this stuff together and he runs, what, a mile, did you say? To a mile. I ran a mile to my car because we're basically on opposite ends of this, uh, two roads that kind of intersect the power lines that, that kind of go through. And so... We, we found some great hunting spots there. He goes to one spot that, you know, it's, it's historically been amazing. And my other spot, it was kind of by a gas line, which was great. But he calls me. He's like, hey, man, you need to get over here. I'm like, why? Did, did you shoot something? He's like, yeah, yeah, go. So I, I took half my stuff. I left half of it there. Sure. And I ran the mile <laughs> to the car. Drove, and, of course, this is when I, the only time I saw other hunters. I don't know if I told you this year. They stopped me. And they're trying to talk to me about how, where they're seeing birds. And I'm like, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why it took so long. That's why, man. He, they took forever. Mm. So I, I run to the car park and I run. He, he texts me. He's like three poles in one ditch, you know, and then follow the ditch. And so I'm like running down the power lines, count one, two, three, run up. And you can take it from here, Jared. You called him in. Yeah. So Jimmy finally kind of catches up with me. I was like, man, just, just come over here, take a seat, grab your, you know, catch your breath a little bit. Cause he was, he was huffing and puffing. He had ran a little good long way. These power lines are on hills. It was a good little trek. Like you, yeah, were, you were walking it. up. Yeah. And finally got him sat down. I'm like, you ready? He's like, yeah, just give me a second, man. So he's, he's sitting there. I get off. I let off a call and lo and behold, this Tom answers again. So after probably a couple minutes, we got them within what 45, 50 40, yards. Yeah. Again. Oh my god. 40 yards. Yep. Yeah. And I'm guessing I'm guessing that was the same Tom that I had seen earlier in the morning. Like it was by the way he was acting. So he was just I don't know if he was just a little skittish or if he was just in his spot and he didn't want to move, but 
Yeah, See, we. I, I have a, I have a, I have a thought about that. We're talking turkey hunting. That Tom, in my opinion, probably has been chased off by those Jakes, and mm. I think that that Tom would not come all the way in because he's like, there's Jakes over on in there. You know what I'm saying? Like, actually, and I feel like he saw our Jake decoy because we had a Jake and a, a hen up. And I feel like he walked up, saw one of those Jake decoys, and once he did, that was when he hit the brakes. That was my thought. Those. Those Jakes did come in. Yeah. While while he was while you were there. Yeah. They they chased him off. I forgot about that. They did that. chase him off. Yes. That's why we couldn't get a shot. Because he was right. coming. He wow. was coming. But then uh, those Jakes came back and just kind of came closer than what he was. So then he pushed back and they Probably followed him back. back in. I feel like they're just harassed him. Mm-hmm. You know? Or being an old smart bird, he has seen those Jakes walk up to hens and get smacked. By that's true because you better believe i was i was telling jared i'm like dude i'm gonna shoot a jake if one steps out because he's jared's you know he's this excellent caller he's this champion caller you might even say although not this year and uh, (laughs) he's got these high standards and i'm like hey man i got this recurve here i didn't even have time to grab like my leafy camo so i just got my gray hoodie on and i'm like i'm just you know I'm going to shoot whatever I get a shot at. So not so picky. And that old Tom probably saw you running down the pipeline. He's like, heck yeah, I'm not going over there. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So that was, that was the beginning. Those birds, it took, I mean, we worked them for a while. Jared did. The beautiful thing is, like I said, Jared's a great caller. I need him to tag out early every year and just follow me around, you know? Uh, So he, yeah, we did that. We, we like, I mean, it took a while. They finally left. We regrouped and went right back at it again. And I feel like yeah. we got into bird after bird that, that in those two days. I think we had how many total, Jared, like shot encounters? Probably six, seven. Yeah, six or seven. Yeah. And um, the, the, every time we were just foiled by the, like a lot of, when you run a gun, you don't, you don't have any blinds or you don't have decoys you're just running out there you're calling them in and so like that last little distance to get him in trad bow range it was just just always just a little close you know just right there I, I almost came back to draw on those other jakes we we drew uh we called in uh but uh never could quite get him to close that final you know couple of yards so gotcha so not only just being able to, to go out turkey hunting, but you guys have even taken it a step further to say, like, we are going to be as minimalistic as possible. There's not only are running like video equipment so that you can show what's going on in your hunts, but there's no blinds. This is all public land. Like you're taking on that full challenge at this point. And that's that's probably by design at this point. You guys don't want to it's not about tagging out early all, every year all the time, but it's about the challenge. Am I oh, right? Is that yeah. what you guys are talking about? 100%. Oh, it's, it was, I was telling Jared, I was like, this is one of my, this, these, this was a day and a half, two days of hunting were probably some of the best, the best times I've ever had hunting. We were just cruising and getting into them. And it's like, yeah, it's public land, but there's like hardly anybody else out there. Um, I mean, we're walking, we walked 10 miles both days. And we're just kind of exploring and going, you know, going all over the place. So it is by design. It's fun to not have a blind and fun to, you know, work these birds in and figure out where they go in the middle of the day. That's, you know, something we, we learned a lot mm-hmm. about this year. I feel like we've 
every year you go out, you learn something new. And I feel like one of the big ones this year was just middle of the day, where are the birds hanging out? And we, we started to find them. And once we did, we just followed that same strategy and kept getting into them. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Just putting more pieces of that puzzle together. And yeah, in the, you know, the little black book of your mind, you're like, all right, this mm-hmm. is, this is where they're going to be. And, and this is like, this is a piece of ground too. You were talking about, this is year four that you've been on that. So you've had a lot of, a lot of pieces you've been yeah. able to put together. So, well, good on you guys. Um, and I even love the different approach that you guys go with. We have Jared with the modern compound and we have, uh, James here already talking about trad bow. Give yeah. us the rundown. What are you, are you still shooting that same recurve that I was talking to you last deer season there, James? I am. Well, you know what? I, I think I'm, is it by when you shoot two bows? I, I'm, I'm looking at getting a compound bow. So I will be, you know, dabbling back into, because that's where I originally came from. But yeah, I'm shooting the same recurve. Um, plan to always be tra- trad bow hunting. It's uh, a lot of fun. Like, I feel like some of the most fun you have is just going in the backyard, shooting at stumps. Like I can do that all day. It's a blast. Well, good deal. Good deal. What's your, uh, what's your arrow set? Well, what's the poundage of the bow? You're, you're running like a, a 35 pound. 35 pound. What do I, what? I'm like 25, please. <laughs> Come on guys. No, I'm running, I'm running a, it's at 50 pounds uh, ish or 40, 49, something like that. 48, 49. Um, and I'm running like a heavy arrow. Uh, I don't have any right now because I'm, I'm all packed up. These uh, Vector custom arrows. That, a cool, cool company. You you give them the specs of your bow, and they build these these arrows out with their you know computer program. And it it I, they've been shooting great. Have had them for two years. So nice and heavy arrow, fixed blade, obviously broadhead. Uh, I'm in the market right now. I'm looking at new broadheads for the year. I don't have one that i've picked yet i've been actually looking at the uh for the compound for sure doing those mega meats jared uh but for uh for the trad bow i'm not sure yet so gotcha yeah something big tool steel up the front i've been using um the cutthroats and actually those have been going back and forth between my compound and my my longbow and Yeah. yeah i really like the way those things fly and when you throw them into uh a field stone they do bounce back quite well. You can, so are, are, you can put the blade back at them. Are they, are those the RMS? Is that what those cutthroat? Yes. Yeah. I, those are sweet looking. I was looking at those too. Those look sweet. And so now we got Jared on the modern compound shooting. Uh, do you, do you switch up your arrows, Jared? Do you have a different turkey arrow than you do say a deer arrow? Or are you one arrow across the board, just putting something different on the front of it? His turkey arrow is a shotgun. Oh, oh that's fly. <laughs> <laughs> the bow's a Remington 870. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You should see the cartridge. Draw. Yeah, that's right. No, um, I like less is more is my philosophy. So if I don't have to have a different setup for every different thing that I do, then I'm then I'm all on board that I use the same arrow to shoot in the backyard as I hunt deer, as I hunt turkeys. Like if it shoots straight and I'm accurate with it, I'm going to, it's good enough for me. Like I'm not too big on. Oh, he's not too big. The suspense is killing me. He he just jumped. He gone. I was going to ask him, uh, we, what arrow he uses when we played trad golf 
um, we have this field where we kind of where we hunt this huge, huge field and we try to land the arrows next to like things uh, like different markers in the field. You shoot oh them straight goodness. up. They, they pop straight up like this, you know? So I think he uses the same uh, arrows for that too, but yeah, he, he does. He uses the um, one arrow. I did the same thing. Otherwise it's just a lot of messing around two new arrows, figure out tips, figure out sights and everything else. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I've been finding just along with, with different people um, as I get a chance to call, talk to different, different archers or different uh, guys who are bow hunters um some fall in this just like you guys are saying this set it and forget it mentality and you use the same arrow use the same head um i think it's a little bit like uh what's what's the name of the movie oh escanamba in the moonlight where remnar <laughs> does the same don't thing. mess with yeah you don't mess with nothing no you know Close buddy of mine, he's still running. Just so things won't work out. <laughs> Whiskey chaser. <laughs> so that, you yep. know, keeping everything, you know, the set it and forget it sort of setup. Um, and at the same time, now I I find myself personally into this tinkerer mindset. Now, granted, I'm shooting one critter with my bow right now, and that's that's just venison. That's just deer. Um, I haven't jumped into the the turkey hunt yet, um, but you know, I have my deer hunting arrow and with as much effort and sentimental and actual, actual money into those arrows, I'm like, man, I don't want to just sling these around the other three quarters part of the year. I don't want to break these, yeah, man. these arrows. There's a lot of money into this. Set is. You know, granted, like the first year that I made them like, yeah, that was the real hit to the pocketbook. But then like each year that I don't have to change that initial setup, you know, it just saves me from having to buy more broadheads. It saves me from having to buy new arrows. So actually this year I went and bought basically arrows that I will be able to fling around. So when I go to tack, <laughs> I'm going to have zero sentimental attachment to any of these <laughs> arrows. Oh, that's great. They're the Meyer, they're out of the Meyer bin, you know? Yeah. Well, I did get them from now. Easton, but I went, well, cause I want to use them for paper too. And I would, sure. instead of going micro diameter and missing the uh the five line or missing the 10 line i want to start breaking that so i went back to standard at least so i got those eastern six fives and yeah they're they're not as beefy as say my hunting setup but at the same time like i'm just poking foam i'm just poking uh, paper with these things so i find myself now having to like adjust the rest and then like put a marker take a picture and like save that data aside so i don't forget about it yeah i i feel like the uh the arrow is the uh, currency of the archery, archery world. You know, you're either, uh, you're either arrow rich or you're arrow poor. And it, there's a caste system, you know, it's, this is serious business. And some people, you know, look down on other people uh, based on how many arrows they have. I've seen Jared look down at me many times for what I believe he, he I, he's, well, I can just say it, he's arrow rich. I think he's still, I think Jared, even after this weekend, you're still, still arrow rich, right? I'm probably on the top percent wow and out of one <laughs> no i'm not there yet well we're the 99 we're coming for you <laughs> we're coming for you we want your inserts we want your knocks yeah we're, man we're, we're, i'm we're gonna, gonna march <laughs> in new york city and protest yeah it's funny it's funny though like because to be honest i i feel like the value of an arrow has in at times affected my shooting like 
sometimes mm. I'm convinced that the struggles I've had in the past with <clears throat> um, target panic has actually have actually come from the fact that I'm always so like anxious about losing an arrow or my forever. My thing was I was always scared to sail it off the back. I must have done it once or something right off the back of the target. Now it shoots up. And from then on, I just could not get my pin to set on. I really think it's fear of being arrow poor is what caused it. I'm totally serious. I, I feel like that was behind it. No, I get you. Um, I've already mentioned this, this tack a couple of times, uh, alluding to the total archery challenge. And in Michigan, it's up in Boyne. Uh, it's on the Boyne ski hill, Boyne mountain ski hill. Boyne mountain, and yep. Just an absolute riot. And the very first year, I think I went with, with 12 of, and those were, those were my hunting arrows. Those, those were my everything arrows. And I think I walked back with one out of that <laughs> dozen. That hurts, man. But at Yikes. the same time, we show up and we're, we get to the practice range and we're looking at each other like, where's the, where's the closer bags? Like all yeah. of our pins went to 40. And where's the lady, the ladies, <laughs> where's the know? ladies tea? We had no idea what we got ourselves into. Um, what uh, course did you shoot? We did that, that very first year we started with the locals course and we felt, we felt like champions. We felt like, Oh yeah, we got this. Then we went later in the afternoon, we went to the mountain course, the mountain ops course mm -hmm. and a lot of up and downs. We lost a few there. Um, then we did the next day we went to, at that point it was called the Yeti, which was, Oh yeah. It's still there. Yep. I think they still have the Yeti Yeti course there. The first shot was over water at 75 yards and we look at each other. We actually let a group go past cause we couldn't figure out who was going to be the first one to lose an arrow. Cause we were all like, we, we don't know what to do on this one. Yeah. Same high play the win. Yeah. We just, <laughs> exactly right. We just raised up and sent it out. Um, you know, we'd have some, we'd hoot and holler if we actually like hit, like you hit the hoof and you're like five points, take it. That's, that's what I get. And yeah. there's a lot of times where we gave ourselves five minutes to find the arrow. Cause it's like, we, we ain't gonna find this thing ever. Yeah. Um, we did better each subsequent year. We've done better and better and better. Um, and to the point now we're like this year, most of our crew has an adjustable site, um, putting together air, actually practicing. That's the hardest part with a couple of my buddies right now is getting them to actually come and shoot outside of the event. They would like yeah. to just open the case, pull it out, dust it off and go. And they end up paying pretty hardcore for that. Yeah. But the big story yeah. of this whole thing too is, so I think I lost four arrows, four or five arrows last year. And I felt like I did really good at that. I'm like, Hey, there's not many people that walk off that mountain only losing, you know, five <laughs> or six arrows. Sure. And then, of course, you know, social media comes around, and here's Jared with his big old smile. <laughs> Unbelievable. I knew this was coming, man. Didn't lose a single arrow. He's that's so why he's arrow. That's why he's arrow rich, because he doesn't lose the arrow. He, you, know, you, know? You, know, you know what he does? He, this is not I, – I either he – see, I've never been to one. Every time there is one, somehow I'm camping. I must uh, – every year I'm, I'm out. But I feel like – there's two explanations for this because I've shot with Jared. He's okay. He's a much better caller than he is a shot. I would say that's pretty accurate, Jared. Uh, oh. So I'm either you're sneaking up and you're shooting it or you're just shooting it from close and not saying anything about it. 
I mean, this is a good time as any, as good of a time as any for you to admit, like whether you just are making that number up, Jared, or you're getting closer. I mean, this is like a great time to do it. The great thing about tack is that you're usually <laughs> is that you're usually grouped up with other people, which gives you an alibi and <laughs> and witnesses. So I could probably call up Mark right now. And he could testify saying that I did not lose an arrow. In, <laughs> in fact, I even gave him grief about the arrows that he lost. <laughs> oh, it was smug, Jared. That is the, one of my least favorite Jareds right there. Smug, <laughs> Jared, just walking around with his quiver full of arrows. You hate to see it. Yeah. But yeah, didn't lose one arrow. And we shot the Yeti course and I felt so big. It was because you switched to that slide, that that spot hog. Rat. Did you have the spot hog for that? I did. I had the three pin, um, and it's adjustable. So I did the you know the, the typical twenty, thirty, forty, but then I made my bottom pin a floater. So even though it was at forty, if I adjusted the dial, that would be my my moving pin. So I was able yeah. to go out to eighty, ninety yards. Just use that bottom pin. Those Which those sliders are that's the way to do. It. I love you. I love this spot hog, but those uh, those slider sites. I feel like fixed. Just at least for me, fixed pin is just not the same. It's way easier with just being able to dial it to the exact yardage. You know, take your time, take a take a good long shot. Amen, amen. I actually picked one up. I got a three pin slider myself. The whole nice. venture with that though is my mindset is my my ethical for deer is at 40 so i can lock down the slider when we get in when we get into september and i'm really using just the hunting arrows at this point um i'm I'm not gonna have to move that slider we just lock that in i already have the three pins set up on there so i love the versatility that i got going with it. it's it was worth the money that i did spend on that it was a bit of an arms race this year. I, I got a new bow and along with the new bow comes the new stuff that goes on it. Um, yeah. still running the same, uh, drop away rest. It, you know, I, I'm, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And that That's wasn't right. broke. Um, but I really wanted to get my multi pin because I was switching sites. Actually, my hunting arrows were tuned to my five pin, uh, fixed site that I would take off and throw on, a slider or one of the drop dropping up and down slides um, for when I would just go shoot these super. You're a complicated man. You're a complicated man. You have it's, arrows and sights. I tell you, you have two but different it's not, <laughs> I, I have one bow, but that's the thing is I'm, I'm, I'm poor enough that I have one bow. I don't have all these multiple bows, but I got to right. make it work for everything. And yeah, right. I have a machine shop and I have the, a redneck bone in all of my body. So like if I can modify something to work, you know, if it, there's no instructions. If I hand you my sight tape right now, you're going to be like, this is hieroglyphics. What the hell are you doing? Are there pictures? There shouldn't be pictures on here. Drawing stick men and stuff on there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I do like to get it. It's just these past couple of years as I've gotten archery, not just being a way to hunt, but like I actually just didn't go. I enjoy going and shooting. And yeah. oh, yeah, the complication with the the uh, compound bow that lets you shoot forever. But at the same time to then switch it up, you know, I pull out the bear paw longbow 
and there's no sights, there's no nothing. It's just me and the magical flight of the arrow. And that's, I tell you, that just gets me fired up. Yeah. I feel like I could spend, I've, I've spent most of my life compound last three years, three and a half years, um, with either a longboard or recurve. And I feel like the, it's more fun to shoot a recurve for a longer time. Like I could shoot a compound bow for half an hour and I'm done, but I could take my recurve and just shoot and shoot and shoot and never gets tired of like shooting at different things and seeing, you know, far shots and, and so on. Because, you know, you're not breaking arrows if you, you know, you're sending into the leaves or, or whatever, even if you hit a rock. I, I have these, uh, I don't have one right here, but kind of these rubber tips, you know, those, those blunt tips you can, and I've hit so many rocks with one of them that the metal behind it wore through the rubber, you know, but the arrows don't break and it's, you know, it's just a lot of fun to do. So. Well, good deal. Good deal. I am going to take like a hard transition. We've been talking a lot about archery. We've been talking a lot about slinging arrows and enjoying not only our pursuit of the outdoors, but just our, our pursuit of the means of take. Um, and this is not to downplay anybody that's a good rifle shot or who's uh, just an absolute um, whiz at being able to sling the front end of that shotgun around. I mean, that takes effort and practice. And I see these guys out at the sportsman's club that, you know, when they're shooting skeet, it's like they can't miss at all. And mm-hmm. It's just amazing how they've – it's an extension of themselves where you, you start to, to blur that line between gun and guy where now his eye is just fixated on that barrel and it can just, just send out the shot right where it needs to be. And I think that's a really – it's a dynamic thing that we enjoy our means of take because then when we transition to when we do take the animal – we're practiced. It's, it's something that we're not having to be thinking about. We've taken the effort that it is to make this an ethical shot. You know, at that point, it's almost a, a done deal. When Jared has that Turkey come in at 17, you know, it's not one of those things where he's like, Oh, I hope this hits, you know, it's a, it's an absolute he's in, he's done. You know, I mm-hmm. hope he gets into that range, but once he's into that range, you know, that's that bubble of, of, of sureness that you have that when you have that confidence, you can execute that shot. And I think that's a real thing that as hunters and sportsmen, that we really do become fluent in our, in our equipment. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I, to me, it's just half the fun, like to go out and practice and just figure it's a, it's a discipline and uh, getting into a discipline in one area of your life, uh, it has a great impact in the rest of your life. And so I, yeah, that, I would agree. That's like what my, some of my favorite, I mean, you spend more time in the year shooting your bow than you actually do shooting at an animal or even hunting a lot of the time. So, uh, you better enjoy it if you're an archer, otherwise it's, you know, there's just a lot of, of work for just a small amount of, you know, actual use. So. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. So I'll start with, uh, I'll start with James. We were just here with James here a second ago. James, why, why is wild game so important to you? Why do you take all the effort to go and shoot a recurve and to want to get back into compound and to put yourself in a situation of being arrow poor all for the pursuit (laughs) of wild game? I would say, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of reasons. Like you could say it's healthy meat. 
some would say it's organic. I'll, I would argue that would depend on what the animal, the deer was eating. Uh, Very arguable. But, <laughs> right. Like if it's not, you know, if you go out in the middle of some state forest, you know, thousands of acres in, maybe it's organic, but if it's eating the soybeans, it's uh, technically not. But I, I think for me, it's just so fun. It is so fun to hunt. Every time I'm out, I got just a big smile on my face. Uh, I love the fact that I get to put on camouflage and walk in the woods with my bow is just awesome. And so like for my I'm, wild game is the fact is you get to go do that. And then you come home with this meat that you feed somebody and you tell a story about, uh, the whole thing is just, I mean, it can't, it couldn't be cooler. It's, uh, like I, like I said, I, I go out with a smile on my face, whether or not I get one, if I get one, it's like, wow, I get to, you know, clean it in my garage butcher it up i get to have friends over feed you know all year i've been feeding bear people who have never tried bear uh and it is the it's the best because you get to see them taste something new you get to eat it yourself uh it's just it's a cool cool thing that's awesome that's awesome and that was your first bear ever well, that was that was last yeah. year yeah first bear hunt uh, we went to uh west virginia with the uh, the guys from the untamed um and they have uh, uh, like uh, two great teams of dogs that we ran after for a couple of days uh, up and down the mountains and, you know, treat, treat a bunch at the very end, but, you know, got shooting with my bow and it was, it was a cool, cool experience. Yeah. And bear, by the way, is, I mean, talk about like multiple uses more than deer. I mean, I'm getting a cape, you know, I've got the skull clean. I've been, I've got, 20 pounds of bear grease that I've been cooking all of my food with. Uh, and then you get the meat itself. So it's like, and I got a claw necklace made for my uh, daughter. So it was like, I used pretty much every piece of that, that bear, um, which is really, really exciting. Actually, I, I had the heart saved <laughs> and I left it on the uh, tailgate of uh, Josh's <laughs> <That's> truck. <right. laughs> Josh's oh, truck. No. So Josh from the MT was giving me so much crap. He's like, why do you want the heart, man? You know, like, why do you want the heart? I'm like, I love to eat. The heart is a great cut. You know, I, my daughter loved it. You know, I'd, I'd be thrilled to, to eat and try like the heart of something new. And lo and behold, I left it right in that crevice on his tailgate. And I get a, I, think, I feel like he texted us way later. It's like, hey man, it's one of y'all left the heart, you know, back here. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, that, I mean, it was just great experience. Bear hunting at like Appalachian stuff. And, you know, these guys that have been doing it for generations with these dogs that, they, I feel like Josh and uh, Kirk like their dogs more than like 98% of the people that they meet. Um, just, it, it was, it was a cool experience. That's awesome. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. we'll, we're we're going to break into talk about bear here in just a minute, but I do want to jump over then to Jared now, Jared, why is it that you take all the effort to harvest your own protein? I mean, you know, DNW is just a little bit of ways away from you. Meyer now since COVID has, since that food shortage all has gone to the wayside, we now have meat on the shelves. What, right. uh, why do you pursue protein of the wild sense? Yeah. Kind of like what James was saying too. I mean, I could go on and on about clean eating and providing to the family, but to me, I, I love the tradition of hunting, but also the, Oh, just the chess match in this just that that pursuit of that animal like it is a most of the time it's a very smart animal when I'm hunting deer but especially white-tailed bucks that's a smart animal 
they can, they know a lot of what's going on and you have to be on top of your game with almost everything that you're doing in our, in order to harvest him, you know, so that if you are successful in harvesting an animal, it just makes the, that end product 10 times better. Like you just, you enjoy that kill or at least you enjoy the end product so much more than going to the store and just buying something off the, off the shelf. Like Mm -hmm. you, you put in hours through the summer practicing, like we just talked about, and then you're putting hours out in the woods, you know, studying the land, and uh, working up on your woodsmanship to finally outsmart that animal. And you just, it's just more enjoyable and you, you, you appreciate that, that protein a lot more. You know what, Jared, when you said that brings a, a good point up, I feel like a person's answer to that question and it is a, like will really be a good indicator as to whether or not you're they're a good hunting partner so if like your reasons why you want to do it match up with somebody else's uh you, you end up getting along pretty well in the woods so jared and i hunt we've hunted together since we were before we could drive uh and i i think that we kind of share that like i want to get out there i want to learn the woods i want to learn the animal like there's i don't know and and the fact that that's matched up has meant that we've gotten to spend a lot more time together because it's easier for me to go out with you than somebody who's got a totally different approach to why they hunt and what they're interested in when they're out there, whether that's like, you know, they're into hunting ranches or fenced areas or, you know, whatever, whatever the thing that they're into is. Uh, I feel like if those things mesh, you get a good hunting partner too. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. I love that you guys are talking about that too, that a lot of guys, a lot of guys, a lot of times hunting is becomes this solo event that I got to go out. I got to figure this out. I got to do this. I got to do this. Whereas I think you guys have brought a dynamic too, where it's like, you you talk about this idea that when I go hunting, I'm not only in pursuit of this animal, I'm not only in relationship with the environment, but I'm continuing to deepen my relationship with someone who I hunt with all the time. Like this is my right-hand man or you know for ladies out there this is my right-hand woman that we're out here together to pursue this and there's there's a shared achievement when yeah even though jared got that bird that morning like james you were so much a part of that story like it was like almost so close to being two birds down on an opening morning you know yeah what what an epic story even in the you had one into 40 like it was almost there yeah like that just enriches the whole experience compound. at that point i would have shot that with a compound bow i just want to throw that out there <laughs> we were we were you would have thrown a 40 about. yard shot yeah. out on a tom <laughs> oh yeah oh that was how, my first tom my first turkey that i shot was a 40 yard bomb on a turkey uh again with jared uh yeah no you're right i mean there's the companionship there's also like just this romantic thing about hunting right like I thought you were going you, somewhere else with that. Well, we hold that we do hold a lot of watch it. Ro- watch I, I, uh, when I say romantic, I mean like adventure, right? Re- anybody who's never hunted, and but you want to get a good sense of what it's like, go read Teddy Roosevelt talking about his hunting trip. Like, uh, what are the hunts of a uh, ranchman or wild hunts of a ranchman? It's it's a book he's written. He tells these little short stories of just his pursuit of a mule deer or whatever, and he talks about the exploring things and seeing things and all the things he encounters and it's just like he hits it i feel like he nails it because it's just like it paints this picture of this amazing adventure that you get to go on you get to see this, these beautiful sights 
Um, you get to be challenged. You get to be outside. You get all these things, and it's it creates this romantic, not no homo, Jared, uh, romantic uh, <laughs> like experience. It's really cool. Excellent job clearing that up, James. Appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Just wanted to take a time out and say thank you to the listeners for tuning in. It really does mean a lot. I would also appreciate that if you haven't already left a rating or review, uh, to go ahead and do that. It all helps folks find us and get on board using and enjoying their wild game more. Feel free to chat with us and ask questions either on Facebook, The Huntivore, or Instagram, at Huntivore. Got a recipe you think is dynamite and want to share? or have some show topic ideas, email us at huntivore at gmail.com. For even more hunting and fishing podcasts by real, relatable sportsmen, head over to Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, which happens to be a 2% for conservation company, who give 1% of their earnings and 1% of their time helping out the wildlife and wild places we all love. Now, back to the show. Jared, absolute favorite critter to chase. I only want one. You don't even get to do two. Can I say it depends on the the, the season? No, that doesn't make any sense. Nope, one. Favorite one to chase. It's got to be a whitetail, man. It's got to be whitetail. Born and bred into it, it's... Like turkeys are fun, and we talked about this before we started the show. But man, there's just one animal I'm just thinking about most. Like even when we're out turkey hunting, it's like, oh, there's a rub. Oh, look at this. Like, we can totally <laughs> sit up here in the fall. It's like I'm always snapping back to deer hunting. Like even while we're turkey hunting, so it's it's got to be deer hunting. The white tail, nice. Yep. Jared, did the bear change? what your favorite critter is to chase or are you still a whitetail man? Um, I'm still a whitetail man. Are still you, were you asking me or asking Jim? Sorry. I meant, I meant James. Did I say Jared? Yeah. There you man? Go. yeah. Oh, Whoops. Oh yeah. I no, I'm that, that. that makes sense. <laughs> no, no, I'm getting, no. So I'll say this. I have been bitten by the bear bug. Um, and I want to do a lot of bear hunting. It was, like I said, just eating it. It's just uh, seeing it and being in the woods or something like that is really cool. Um, but at the same time, man, I mean, I've hunted deer for like for 20 years now. So I'm pretty like, it's pretty hung up. What am I 32? Yeah, 20 years. So uh, yeah, like like Jared said, we'll be out turkey hunting the whole time. I'm looking for buck beds and stuff. When I was bear hunting, I was looking for buck beds up in those mountain points, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and so a lot of times Jared's got her, like in the past, Jared's been like, Jimmer, hey, Jim, you know, we're, we're turkey hunting, you know? So like, yeah, cause the whole time I'm right. looking, I'm like, I'm like, man, look at that tracker. We'll just be sitting there. We'll see deer walk by it. Like, Hey man, look at all those deer, you know? So yeah, deer is still, I mean, bear is, is like a very, um, cool animal to hunt, but it's, for me, it's gotta, it's probably always be whitetail. Gotcha. Yeah. Being a Midwest, it, it just, it's found its way home. That's where I got my start. And so I can totally agree with what you guys are saying that it's one of those things that even as we're driving down the highway, going someplace, you know, my, and if I'm in the passenger seat, like 
all I'm doing is scanning fields. All I'm doing is oh, looking yeah. through, through the wood line to see, oh, there's a horizontal line, but there's deer there. But mm-hmm. I think you could you could take that question and get more specific because like whitetail hunting to you and me maybe is very different than whitetail hunting to somebody out east or versus out west because there's spot and stalk, there's stand hunting, there's private land, public land, there's drives, there's all these, you know, Jared talked about tradition, all these different traditions and ways of hunting based on where you are. And so you know, we talk about it a lot, like our style of hunting. Uh, the thing that I'm most excited about, even no matter where we go, is like, here's a big piece of land that I've never been to before. Um, usually it's public land because, you know, usually those are bigger tracts of land and there's some competition. You're figuring out people and that that would be like, that's my favorite. When I when I think of whitetail hunting, that's that's what I'm talking about. Like, you know, actually hunting uh, on my own, figuring it out by myself with, or with Jared. Gotcha. Sticking with James uh favorite critter to eat now you're already pursuing the whitetail is the whitetail found its home or is now like you said like chasing the bear and having a taste of that bear meat is that also working its way up the list i i actually think uh man it's close so i re i think i really like whitetail i really like like goose um like a wild goose i love some jerky with that but i actually think probably bear is bear might be my i, I like bear so much because the the fat is a wonderful thing to cook with it has no flavor you know it's just it's great in anything the meat's great especially ground up um man it's between it's probably it's probably bear for me gotcha the the whole trichinosis thing brought to life by you know the steven ranella being able when he ate the undercooked on his trip is that something you think about? Are you, when you, when you're cooking burgers, you're like, well, as much as I want it to be pink in the middle, I'm probably going to go a little less pink. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's a, yeah, I, I definitely at the beginning and, you know, I, I try, I don't like the steaks so much like their steaks are fine. Uh, I would think of it more for steaks when it was ground. It's like, I'll, I'll make like meatballs or something. And, uh, or burgers on the grill. And it's, I just cool cook it through. But if you treat it like, you're cooking chicken, you know, or pork. It's, it's the same thing. Like yeah, at first it's a little weird, but then you get used to it. It's, it's, it's like anything. The more you get used to it, the, the less weird it is. Gotcha. Jared, you've got a culinary background. So this kind of, I think has a little bit more weight to you. Favorite sure. critter to eat. And you've got quite a, quite a number of things that you've eaten in the past as well. Yeah. Um, Honestly, it's an animal that I've never hunted before, but I was gifted some of the meat um, because they didn't want it. So I was like, yeah, I'll have some. Uh, and it's elk. Honestly, I, I can't say enough good things about elk meat. It's, if my, I mean, my wife is, comes from a non-hunting family, so they've always been very leery to eating anything that's got any kind of off flavors or something that doesn't taste exactly like corn finished beef, you know? Um, and I introduced that to her and the family and it's, it's been a huge hit and it's, it's something she enjoys cooking with. I very much enjoy cooking with it's completely versatile. Um, and it's, it's just got a good flavor to it, man. I love it. It's, it's awesome. That's my number one. That's Even above one. deer, you know, yeah. 
going to the out the the elk out west yeah man i've never hunted them but i i want to just mainly for that fact gotcha yeah. plans plans to head out or is it all still kind of like uh one day it's kind of like the one day we've had we've almost pulled the trigger on an idaho twice trip. we almost pulled the trigger yeah it's it's been close um but something just always pops up that just kind of trumps it um logistically we can do it they i don't know if they still do but one good thing about idaho is they they offer a veterans discount and so since um i'm a veteran like we can get a pretty good discount on an, on an elk tag out there so that helps a lot but like i said during planning it's like all right we're gonna do this let's pull the trigger on you know i don't know getting the plane ticket or whatever and then something's like oh dude we should go hunt bears with, with these guys down in west virginia or <laughs> let's 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 go let's go to wisconsin we got the hookup over there we you know we can go get on these deer it's like all right cool let's do that so it's always there on the back burner simmering and, and one of these days i mean we've got a ton of contacts from from people out west now it'd be very easy for us to get out there and do it it's just time and logistics man I tell you, as family men, I totally get the idea that, yeah, yep. there's things that are always there. And then like with you, like opportunity, it's so much easier just to head to Wisconsin or even just to jump, you know, not, you know, a quarter of the way across the country to West Virginia as a mm -hmm. is to go way out to Idaho. And yeah, let's say you bring something down a high, you're going to get that sucker back. Like that's, it's such exactly. a logistics thing that, yep. you know, the hunt is awesome, but now the, like, not only the real work of having to butcher the animal, uh, happens but now you have to get that sucker <laughs> either in a truck or on a plane or something yeah um, my wife's uh gynecologist you know crazy but anyway he's uh he's a big mountain goat guy and went out actually had the hunt of a lifetime got a mountain goat got it on the plane came back and they lost his cooler and it went all the way to new york he was supposed to get off at it was supposed to get off in Michigan, lost the cooler. They found it, called him, said, hey, you know, we're going to try and get it to you. Uh, best we can do is like two night, uh, you know, it's got to go one other stop and then it can make it there. He got to the airport and had the cooler sitting there and he moved it and you could just hear the sloshing of all mm. the melted in there. He's like, I just, he goes, I wanted to throw up. He goes, I was so mad. I lost I lost basically my whole mountain goat right there. The meat wise, you know, he had the hide. I think he had, he had brought home a couple cuts frozen in his carry on. So I think he still had some of either the tenderloins or the backstrap, but to just be like, yeah, he just had to throw it out. He was just devastated by it. Did he want to have it yeah, because man. he lost it or because of the smell? <laughs> I think probably both. I think as soon as Little he cracked old, yeah, that yeah. sucker, yeah, there was the there was the sick feeling, and then he cracked that seal, and then everything probably yep. expelled at that point. The, the, and the man's got is, kind of a yeah. tough job at that same time. So he's, he's seen some things, man. Yeah, he's seen some things. Oh no, I won't go there. <laughs> well, being seasonal seasonality, and we've already talked about. Uh, you know, you guys is uh, a turkey hunt and it's going to keep going out there. Turkey offers, I think, an awesome, unique uh, flavor profile that the mm. bird itself is almost two critters in one. 
you've got you've got the the breast that's all white meat that is basically a powerhouse at that point it's all fast twitch muscle that that stuff that sucker needs to get in the air or it needs to like slow itself down from coming out of a tree so there's just this fast twitch muscle that's all in there um these big breast lobes that you want to you want to cook like fast or you know pound it thin and then add, add some flavor to it but at the same time on the other end of that bird it's like super dark meat and a lot of with that dark meat it's almost like trapped flavor at that point that you're going to get a lot of flavor out of those uh those leg quarters if you keep those but at the same time there's a bit of like trying to understand what that animal has to do um so when you got your tom uh jared were were you most excited for the white meat or are you one that likes to play with a little bit more of the flavor yeah it's gonna have texture it's gonna be a little more chewy or do you like to go after the dark meat side of that of that tom so this year's tom i wanted to utilize as much as i could because of last year all i did last year actually was my first turkey ever and so I just I just took the breast I'm like you know I'm not going to deal with anything else and then after kind of listening to a lot of different people hear about you know the, the great things that you can do with all these useful parts of the turkey to make these different dishes I'm like oh I'm going to keep as much as I can but then even after this year I'm like I didn't get the neck I didn't grab the wings I didn't grab, you know, this, that, and the other, but I, I grabbed the breast to utilize in the dishes that I, I've used in the past. Uh, and then this year I actually kept the legs because I'm going to be trying a, like a low and slow method. Um, there's a, there's a way that I cook a, a deer shoulder that is just, you know, just knock your socks off. And it's just like, I will never again, grind up a deer shoulder with this, with this cooking method. And I'm going to try something very similar to that with these legs because the turkeys are on their legs. I mean, most of the time they're walking around, they may be running away. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that this type of meat is going to be a little bit more tougher. Um, there's going to be some connective tissues that need to break down, which is only through low and slow heat cooking. And I've got some sweet ideas that I'm going to use for it. So I, I was actually excited to just have all of it, just have the options and then I can go from there. Good deal. Good deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm when I get to the Thanksgiving table table, um, you know, as much as like, yeah, there is the, the succulent white meat that's there. I, I turn instantly to uh, dark meat at that point. I just, oh, yeah. I, I love the flavor that comes off. Uh, the legs and the thighs, especially there's, there's less connective tissue in, in the thighs. And, but I mean, at the same time, you still have to cook it a little longer than you do the, um, the white meat, but it mm -hmm. just has a, a good, a good punch of flavor to that. And so I get into this idea of like flavor versus texture. I talked to some folks who they're like, Oh, I, you know, I love a steak that, that falls apart. That's fork tender or like, you know, mm. like what, where I want to take some of that, the white meat and pound it out into schnitzel. Schnitzel's awesome. It's great. It has its place. And, you know, by no means my, I, I say, I, I don't, wouldn't want a piece of that, but at the same time, like 
the fact that I then have to take a piece of dark meat and I have a little more chewiness. I have to take like, I have to, to chew it like three or four more times than I would a piece of white meat. But from that, like the flavor extraction that happens, it, it does a, a lot more mm-hmm. to that. Now, granted, I'm coming a lot from the domestic side when it comes to turkeys, but trying to, like, like you said, when you have that opportunity, you know, I have had play because I get a lot of birds presented in front of me. You know, when you've here in Michigan, we only get one bird. You only get one Tom per season. And it's one of those things like, man, I want to, I want to be able to use it. And I'm excited to, to get right after that. And so like you did said with your first one, like, oh, I'm just going to take the breast lobes because that's what I want to use first. And then mm-hmm. jumping into your second, you're like, all right, I think I want to take this to another level. I think I want to find a few more of the usable cuts in there. So good. I'm excited that you, uh, you're going to dive into the dark meat side of things. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm the same way as you, but when there's a bird on the table, you guys can have the breast, like give me the legs. I'm all dark meat. So like this year I'm, I'm pumped to make something with these, these turkey legs. Like it's going to be a fun experience and I'm, I'm hoping that uh, we can make it work. Jimmy, did you, Oh yeah, you didn't get a turkey. Sorry. No, that's not a that's not a dig. That's Whoa! not a dig. That's not a dig. That's not a dig. I thought you had got like when you had gotten your turkey. Yeah, yeah, back, yeah. Back in the day, did like what did you keep from that? I don't even remember. The last time I shot a turkey, I kept I did the legs and the the breast. I did I tried just like a regular like baking the breast just to see, and it was fine. I'm not a big white meat guy. Like I just. It's mm-hmm. fine. You know, I'm more, I, if I'm eating white meat, I'd rather have it like a, you know, like fajitas or something. And that's what I ended up doing with it. Um, cut it thin, made fajitas out of it, grilled it. But those I did, I grilled one of the turkey legs. Actually, we grilled it out in the woods uh, oh, with ramps cool. that we found uh, yep. and, and stuff, which was great. Um, and the other one I slow cooked. I lo- I'm slow cooking stuff with a bunch of connective tissue. I love that, like almost like sticky, chewy like what you get with any roast or anything like that just all that stuff breaking down so that that's that's the way that i did that last one my hope was this year i wanted to make sausage uh, i forgot where i heard this they're like try making sausage a year that way you can at least like enjoy your your turkey for more than like a meal and a half like it, it will last you for a while because you'll eat just a sausage or two um, so that was my hope for this year but didn't get it done yeah the effort and the weight or the the bounty that you take from from a turkey it's it's tough because you only you got one so i like that idea you're saying of like trying to make the bird last more than just one or two meals or or at least a week at that point you know you cook a breast lobe and well shoot i gotta eat that sucker because i don't want it to go bad i don't want i don't want to waste this thing so now it's turkey sandwich you know you have a you know sunday meal but now at the same time well it's turkey sandwiches for the rest of the week don't get me wrong. I'll eat a turkey sandwich every day of the week. And I, you have all I have. Yeah, you, 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 <laughs> yeah, you right? You. Yeah. But at the same time, like to be able to, like you said, break that sucker down into, you know what? I don't have to have this all in one sitting or all in one week, but uh, put some of those sausages away and to be able to have those on a special occasion. So I like that mentality. Thanks, James. I haven't That's tried it yet, so it could suck. But uh, it was my idea. It was a thought that I heard from somewhere else. So I'll take all the credit for that, that idea. Well, good deal. Um, back to Jared. The heart, liver, gizzard, the insides. 
didn't mess with it this year. Went tried it out this year. No, nope. no, not this year. Usually, nope. I'll 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 try everything once. I've never tried a turkey heart. I do like chicken gizzards. Um, but it was just. I don't know if we were just in the mindset like, hey, we got to clean this thing up and get back out there. And I just missed the whole bunch. But it was just, I think it just happened so quick. And I'm, that right now, thinking about it, it's like, yeah, I missed a, a ton of opportunity that I could have I could have kept on this bird. But yeah. Well, at the same here. time, again, it, it comes back to it. You got one. You got yeah. one heart that you can't, you can't share it with anybody. It's going right. to be literally a treat for you. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I like the idea of turkey hearts here that I can put them on a skewer. I can have like five or six that I throw on a skewer and, you know, hit them with a, hit them with a glaze, throw them on, on high heat. And I'm able to enjoy that. But at the same time, if I want five or six wild turkey hearts, I either got to have five or six friends who shot a turkey and don't want the heart, or I got to save these in my freezer for five years. Or you gotta be, or you gotta be real sneaky and don't let the DNR <laughs> catch what you're doing out there. <laughs> grab, grab the 22, go to work. Don't let anybody see. Um, send uh, all the hate mail to huntivore at gmail.com. We'll <laughs> That's be right. sure to forward that <laughs> yeah. on to this a, a, Just, I want to throw it out there. Uh, uh, the Boga hunting official stance is anti-poaching. Okay, good. Yep. <laughs> so we're an anti-poaching podcast. <laughs> So well, good. Well, yeah. I wish. What I want. What I don't want to say. I don't. I wish you would have taken them to try them out, Jared. But at the same time, dude, you've already taken that. (laughs) You're already taking the effort on the dark meat. So that's already something new that you're going on. And I think that's anything that we can ask of of hunters that it's it's not. I mean, you can always easily go that. Oh, you could have used this one more thing. Or come on, James. Why don't you keep the wing feathers? of your turkey that you're going to get and then make for quills for writing or for writing letters or you could, yeah you could go that far too and do the quills and letters <laughs> i was thinking make fletchings that's that's better for your yeah. arrows you're going to get arrow that's rich true. just by making them yourself that's that's, that's true go. very good point <laughs> or send them over to vector they can then they'll they'll punch that's right. for you. That's right. they'll, they'll figure it out for me <laughs> hey isaac fix this yeah that's right. i need i need arrows here's some feathers so no, I I am very. What do I want to say? I'm very excited that you guys are taking that extra step in not only pursuing the animal, like at that same, it's a it's the chess match that drives you. But at the same time, that chess match doesn't end. That you're still continuing. They're still learning on new pieces of that animal that you get. You know, Jared learning about the shoulder from a deer, and then being able to be like, you know what? I bet you I could translate this into a drumstick on a turkey like that's real chess match going on right there so hats off to you thank you yeah it's gonna be i'll definitely be sharing it on social so and i worked on the bear yeah it did yeah it's it's a pretty foolproof plan man if it's anything can go in there and it works it's just good it's a good recipe and i i yeah i'm excited for it that's all i can say i'm ready well, good deal. Got to do deal. it now. They're in the freezer, so. Well, hey, we have got to the crescendo of our episode here. We're at the two dish breakdown. Okay. This is where I give you guys a scenario, and you got to break down 
what exactly you're going to do uh, with this scenario. How are you going to cook it up? What are you going to use? Do you have a, a marinade or a brine that you're going to, to bring to the table? And if you're willing to share that at that point. So we're all about sharing ideas here at, yeah. here at Huntivore. Um, so I'm going to throw this one out to, we'll, we'll start with James on this one. We're going to go with a wild turkey dish. Maybe yeah. talk about those sausages. Do you have a game plan for the sausage or do you want to just <clears throat> jump into something different on a wild turkey dish? Oh man. So you know what? Now I'm going to try, I'm going to say something different now uh, because of a Christmas present that I got this year. I got a, uh, like one of those meat slicers, mm. you know, so I can get like nice and I, I'm making like a, a cold cut. I'm like smoking that turkey um, and I'm going to thinly slice it. Uh, I make my own aioli. So I'm going to make some like nice thick aioli to go on there. I pickle onions a lot, a lot too. So throw some pickled onions on there. I don't eat bread. Um, cause you know, that, uh, gluten and stuff, you know, it's bad for you and it gives me the poops. Uh, but <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I'm throwing it on lettuce and, uh, with some pickled onions and some aioli and it's that, I feel like that'd be pretty good smoke, obviously smoke if I didn't say. Nice. What would you use in? um so i've i've messed around with a lot i like i like a hickory or like a uh you know i just feel like that one's it's pretty good all around that's usually what i pick is that right i mean nick you you know more about cooking am i doing the right thing by picking hickory is that correct oh i did i I was given the i was giving you some praise over here as we were i didn't know if you'd see it on the zoom meeting here yeah yeah Um, i'm seeing it (laughs) yeah i hickory just i've i really love the flavor of it it really has like a it's a mild nuttiness that i mean if you use if you end up using a a specific wood long enough you start to pick out things from it and i think just because it was the first bag that i kept grabbing like hickory i could really get some awesome flavor out of both even on the venison side but then even on on, on turkey, if I'm using that on on the PK, I really like a hickory chip on those. Um, apple and pecan and peach wood, you know, the fruit woods. I'm still playing with a little bit more. Yeah, um, I I really do like those, but at the same time, I mean, they work with just about everything. If you go with an apple yeah. or if you go with a peach, like y- you can't go wrong. I'm currently playing with mulberry. I took a mulberry tree down in my backyard and so I've bucked that up and I I took the branches and actually then made those into small sections and I yeah. actually take a piece of I I don't have the chips off them I need to rent a chipper and then run some of those through there to get the chips off it but I'm using mulberry hunk and that's my huh. next wood that I'm working on as far as like what that's going to be really yeah. playing with but can, as far as Can hickory, you make that in can you make that into pellets for me though? Can you make that into those little pellets? Because I want to try that. They don't really sell mulberry, you know, pellets. They don't. They don't sell it anywhere. It's one of those things. I, I'll work on a pellet idea. You might have yeah. to, you might have to jump over to the, um, the chip side. I can definitely make you the chips, or I can get you the hunk. <laughs> I might have to chew up a bunch of the mulberry and then like spread it and out, pushing let it dehydrate. It yeah, yeah. <laughs> like squeezing it. We'll see if I can make that work. That might take a little redneck ingenuity. I got the shot. That's right. we'll, see, we'll see what we can do. Well, good. A turkey, a, a smoked turkey sandwich, homemade aioli. Anything fancy going in the aioli? Or uh, you know, is it just going to be straight up? 
I, I like to put honey. I like to, I like a sweeter aioli. I'll put some honey in there. Um, and for a while I was making it like, um, putting some like more spicy, uh, uh, seasoning in there, some like cayenne and stuff. I had the spicy mix that I use that. That was pretty good. Um, but other than that, like maybe just straight down the fairway, your classic aioli. Uh, I, maybe I'm just saying that cause that sounds pretty good to eat right now, but that's, you know, that's my answer. Uh, a sandwich with aioli and pickled onions on a lettuce wrap. A breast lobe dedicated to cold cuts. I like it. That's right. I like, I it. like it. Where are you going, Jared? Explain more about this leg. You've, you've been really beating around the edges on this recipe. Sure. I, I know that you, you know, keep your secrets. That's fine. That's fine. But you got, <sighs> you got to tell us a little bit more. You kept mentioning this, this cooking method like lead us into this method yeah so it's it's basically a low and slow braising right so anything that's tough if you braise it long enough it's gonna be fork tender and stinking delicious so what i'll typically do and what i'll probably do with this these uh these legs is i whenever i smoke something i've tried all the different seasonings and rubs and you name it but it always comes down to my favorite is simply salt, pepper, garlic in equal portions. So coarse salt, coarse ground pepper, and granulated garlic, not garlic powder. Everyone's got to remember that. Mm-hmm. So if you mix equal parts of those and dust it over your meat and into the smoker, I'm telling you, it's, it's simple and it's going to be the best flavor that you've ever had. Um, I feel like some of those other rubs that have very fine particles in them and it just kind of almost cakes the meat a little bit and you don't get that good smoke penetration that way where if you have a more coarse grind you just get a little bit more smoke penetration at least that's what I found and that's what I enjoy so I'm gonna dust those things with a little bit of uh, SPG I'm gonna probably smoke them till they're maybe two three hours and then I'm gonna put them in like an aluminum pan with maybe this time I'll last time I did a darker beer with my venison shoulder I did a darker beer uh this one I might do a light little lighter one just for a little bit of moisture and you get a little bit of um, that's Coors heavy versus Coors light right that's what you're talking light light and dark beer (laughs) no I actually believe it or not um for the deer shoulder I actually dumped the KBS whoa yeah, Drop it a KBS it, onto that. Yeah. That's that's an expensive. Yeah, it that's, was, but I like I like cooking though. I like dropping in a few uh, chipotle peppers in there just to give it that little subtle smoky taste, uh, and and just a little bit of heat. And I figured that like a dark beer would kind of just go well with that flavor. So that's that's the profile I went with. But this time around, it was almost it was almost too much for that shoulder. Like the, the, the dark beer showing through, showed through just a little bit too much. So I'm going to yeah. scale it back a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, you just, you fill it up a little beer. So you get the humidity going and you just cover it for another two, three hours until the meat's just falling off the bone. And it's, it's, it's a Southwest dish. You can call it a barbacoa or a carnitas or anything like that, but that, that as soon as the meat's cooked it's it's so versatile you can use it on top of a salad you can you can make tacos out of it obviously you can 
you can save it you can put it in a stew it's it's so versatile and it's so tender and juicy and flavorful it's it's awesome that's my go-to good deal good deal Mm -hmm. i'm I'm jiving with what you're going if you're dropping kbs on venison what about (laughs) this what about this i'm thinking seasonality you know you, you got that leg that's already in there uh, you got your SPG, you got your salt, pepper, garlic. Stick with the spring, summer fling that you got going on here. A little Drop Oberon. A, Oberon. And then slice up some orange because that citrus mm-hmm. turkey method that goes together. Dude, tell me the night that you oh, are yeah. doing that. And I'm just going to roll up the driveway. <laughs> I will be there. <laughs> I, you know, I was almost thinking on doing something that um, – not a seltzer, but something that's got lime. In it. If you can, if I'm trying to incorporate something Southwest, I would love to incorporate some sort of something with lime. Um, but I love, I love the way I like the way you're thinking though with that Oberon. Yeah, because you could definitely pair those two. I see that. Yeah, that that citrus. That. You can't go wrong with the lime either. Um, a Bud Light lime though, I don't think it has that much flair. Where I think the Oberon would definitely be a good kick. It, I mean, yes, there's wheat in it, so James can't have it. So, sorry. Man. It's just going to be one of those things you got to watch us eat. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mind me. I'm just watching you, too. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, that was, the, that was the easy. That was the softball pitch. Now we've got the high heat. And this one, I, uh, I got some, I got some uh, mail in here. From all the haters, James, all the people that on uh, your social media, when you shot that bear, man, they wag the finger at you and they are, they're mad. So Mm -hmm. they're going to stick you with an arrow. You are done. (laughs) You are done tomorrow. There were some of those. There were some people (laughs) not thrilled about that. I I happened as I was getting ready for this episode, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to go through the Boga thing and, you know, just kind of see some of these highlights and, you know what, that whole don't read the comments thing, you know, I was like, well, it's not my page. I'm going to go read these, through these comments. And uh, <laughs> yeah, man, they were, they were throwing some shade your way. I, uh, you, you, there are, I apologize for them. Well, there was one that was like, oh, your arrow wasn't tuned. And like, you know what? Like I have dogs like howling all around me, like eight people watching me and I'm shooting a bear out of a tree. Like, yeah, my, you know what? Like it didn't come out of the air, uh, the bow clean. The arrow was admittedly of like a finicky tune. Just get that out of the way because I did read the comments too. Um, but yeah, that or people were pretty upset just about shooting a bear and showing it. Like, because we I showed the arrow like going in, we kind of talked about it going going into it. But yeah, so you're saying say they found me, they're gonna string me up and I don't know, I'm picking my last meal. Is that where you're going That's, with this? They they've given you at least your last human right of your last meal. Yeah. So well, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to stick it back to him. My last meal is eating the bear. <laughs> like I did all, I, I'm dying for it. I might as well eat the thing. So I'm I'm going to say I I what I did. I'm in my garage right now. I took the front shoulder and I hung it for like a couple weeks, and it was perfect temperature out for it. And then I did the bear bacoa recipe this, that Jared's saying. Really simple, you know, a little south of the border uh, flavor to it. And man, that was fall off the bone, fantastic. Like kind of uh, like waxy a little bit in your mouth, but like in a good way. Not like sometimes venison can kind of like coat your mouth. Um, 
and it was delicious. It was good. I brought it to a, a, a family party, like an extended family party. And it went so fast. It was, that would be my last meal. And again, half of it because it's delicious half because I got to stick it to the people that are, are killing me for, uh, <laughs> for shooting a bear. Well, Hey, I liked it. What are you siding that with? You going with some mashed potatoes on that? If we're going to go, you know, total comfort food on this, you going mashed potatoes, you're doing just a green, what are you doing? Well, I'm dying anyway, so I'm gonna have some gluten. Uh, and I'm uh, so I'm doing I'm doing tacos, man. I'm doing little flour tortillas, spreading that on with some cream cheese. Um, I'll probably get some fresh salsa on there, you know, and, and take it south of the border. Who does not like food from that area of the world? I, I don't know anybody, and I, I feel like that's a great last meal. And I'll fart my way to the electric chair, or however they decide to put me down. <laughs> Good call. I am. I'm a big fan of the, you know what, if I'm going to, if I'm getting killed for it, I might as well finish it off. I like it. That's right. I like it. Uh, Jared, sorry. You're an accomplice. They're stringing you up too. What is your last meal that you're going to have this evening? I told you before we started recording, I, I know you're torn, but you get one more. Yeah, dude, just pick, man. You're going to die. I'm sticking with my guns, and I am going with a Chicago-style deep dish pizza. You're not. You're not. This is. I thought this was wild game. Had to be wild game focused, or is it just anything? Is it? It is. But we're we're gonna get you. We're gonna talk about this because at the same time you're buying your time here. You know, if they're gonna string you up for putting an animal down, like now they have to put this pizza together. So. In this pizza, are you are you going a pepperoni? Are you going uh, a sausage? Lay out to me what this this pep this this deep dish is going to look like. Are we going so, are we going venison burger that's going to be into sausage? Is that where we're going to go with this? Yeah, let's do that. I like that approach. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? I'm gonna I'm we're gonna make some bear sausage actually for the bear. Um. We're going to have some, actually, no, I, let me rephrase that. We're going to have some bear ham. Ooh. Yeah, we're going to have some chunks of bear ham. We're going to have some venison sausage. And then we're going to have some sort of, if it's doable, a turkey pepperoni. Wow, just throwing everything in the kitchen sink. Yep, and then, of course, pizza. I've got to have my veggies on there. i got to have onion, green pepper. Um, and, and about an inch of cheese. You need like an inch layer of cheese on there. Oh, or yeah. you thin boy, thin cheese. More, which, which are... more the merrier, man. Oh, yeah. Some mozz, provolone. I love it. Yes, sir. You're going, you're thinking like Chicago pizza and oven grinder style, like that thick beet. Is that, yeah, that like it, it almost looks like an upside down so, mushroom cap. Yeah. Yeah. Or like lasagna, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like, thick wall crust like some you almost got to eat with a fork yeah you just oh, give yeah. it to me give it to me dirty all right Ad living. i i'm in the cell next year for some odd reason and I, I throw out some ideas so i went to a dinner that hank shaw was putting on when he did um his upland bird and turkey book and Sweet. um so he's there just talking and doing his thing. But then the chefs in the back of this restaurant, they're basically flipping through his book and they've, they've sourced a lot of this stuff out so that they present basically these dishes that he's talking about. Um, 
and the dessert piece actually came out and you were talking you really like that southwest bit they had this like chocolate mousse this dark chocolate mousse but then they had a piece of um oh my gosh i'm blanking on it what it's called but they usually make it out of pork um but anyway they took the turkey skin and they laid that out on a hot skillet and they took another one and sandwiched it between and they basically rendered out the turkey fat and then it seared the skin itself and it turned it into this chip and so they hit it with every bit of hot spice that they could on i think there was probably chipotle there was cayenne because it had the spice in it but the mix of that um like a crackling yeah crackling that's what i'm trying to crackling that's what that's so they basically made turkey crackling but to take that skin off a wild turkey and just make that into crackling mm. with whatever little you might have to splash the bear fat in there and then sandwich it in. But to make that crackling and just crumble that over the top of this pizza we're talking about. Mm. Can Damn. I use that as chips in my bear bear last meal? I could use that as like a, a chip substitute. You know what I mean? Like dip that. No, dude. You're already having gluten. Might as well go after. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I'll just get a regular chip then. <laughs> you kidding me? No, yeah, you know what? That's, that's just like the same thing. Like we were up north uh, turkey hunting and James got a bag of, what were they, plantain chips? Oh, yeah, pretty good. And we're like, dude, this, this is like way healthier than a potato chip. And then we looked, nope. <laughs> we looked at the nutritional facts. Exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> just a different, just rather than a potato, it was it's it's a plantain. Plantain. some non-sweet banana. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you fry something, it's out the window. Don't even look at the package. That's right. <laughs> well, gentlemen, this has been an awesome hour, man. Thank you so much for uh, for coming on. Um, James, where can, where can we find, where can my listeners find out more about boga hunting and uh, where you guys are are located on the internet? Whether you, you got Instagram, I can't, you got I can't a even believe you. I can't believe you'd ask me this. Like you don't know the struggles that I've had with this very question. Mm-hmm. We'll do videos. <laughs> we'll be at the end of the podcast, and Jared will be like, "Dude, you got to plug us." And I'm like, "All right, what do I say again? Let's look at, listen to us on a podcast." So here, let me give you. I've practiced this a few times. Oh, good. For anybody that wants to follow along, look us up on Instagram, Boga Hunting. Or download Boga Hunting Podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Or go to or go to YouTube <laughs> and check out some videos. We're starting to make more videos. Jared's editing one right now. You'll get to see Jared's first masterpiece. His Mona Lisa is coming out in a matter of I don't know how many days, weeks. Yeah, a couple deal. days. A couple days. A couple days. So well, yeah, it's not the turkey hunt because you didn't have batteries for that. <laughs> <laughs> it is everything but camera the camera. Oh, good, good. Well, yep. when you're not shooting turkeys, you don't have any reason to turn it off, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. So anyway, we'll check that out. Instagram, you said, what was the, the YouTube was the last one. So Instagram. Boga hunting. Boga hunting. Yep. Just look him up. Awesome. Yep. And well, then hey, uh, any any of the recipes we mentioned are on the uh, the website. For sure. Yes. Good deal. Good yeah. deal. Well, hey, go ahead and stick on the line here for just a second. I'm going to send uh, the listeners on out, folks. I hope you enjoyed uh, this hour as much as much as I've had. Man, this has just been fun to be able to just go back and forth, drinking a few beers, and talking about passions that we have. Um, just being in the outdoors, pursuing animals. 
but at the same time having a full-on experience basically just immersing ourselves into the way that we take animals the people that we are with at that point and at the same time the stories that we have when we are able to bring those animals back into the home where then we're able to turn that into amazing meals so folks no matter your means of taking make sure it's something that you're practiced with make sure you're continuing to uh, enjoy the way you take things as you're out there with your uh, with your bow or with your gun, make sure you got someone next to you that you're able to have a good time with. But whatever you're doing, always keep your knives sharp.